legacy I don't care if they remember me Only Jesus Welcome to another podcast. I am Dreamwalker1960. As a reminder, you can read the transcripts of all my podcasts at dreamwalker1960.com. Also, you do not need to download Podbean if you wish to listen. You can use Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music or Audible, Google Podcast or Apple Podcast, as well as Pandora, Spotify, and Player FM. Last week I showed that those that are lukewarm are seen by God as worse than those that reject Him outright. This week I continue to explore my recent dream sent to me by God as fortified by Acts 2.17. In this dream I encountered tin lamps, like those used in the late 1800s and early 1900s, mainly in mines. In the dream, the lamps burnt, but the light was strange. It turns out that they barely had any oil in them and had no wicks. This causes us to revisit the parable of the ten bridemaids or virgins as told to us in Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Since I addressed this parable in the Olivet Discourse series, I will not go into a retelling of that. However, if you wish to hear or read about it, please investigate that series. Our main objective today is the lamps themselves. For they are in essence a snapshot of each person's belief in God and His Son, Jesus Christ. We are the light unto the world. Matthew 5, 14-16 You are a light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a blanket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now we must note that Jesus also said this about himself. John 8.12 Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness, because you will have the light that leads to life. So from accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, and since only through him, can we get into heaven, John 14, 6, and 7, 
he has passed on to us the burden of being the light unto the world until his return. A bit of a sidetrack here. It is important to note that all the bridesmaids fell asleep. This means all of Christendom became distracted from the true teachings of the Bible. All hear the call at midnight. All awaken. All tend to their lamps. The wise have been prepared ahead of time, while the foolish had not. So let us start to get this look into the lamps going again. In essence, the entire lamp is a representation of our Christianity. As I stated in the Olivet Discourse study, the oil in the lamps is seen as the Holy Spirit within us. All we must do is ask and Jesus will grant us salvation. This is verified by the Bible per Romans 10.13 and Joel 2.32. Do all get a pouring of oil unto our lamps? The answer is yes, but not in a full portion. Those that become fully filled with the Holy Ghost are those that have extra oil in the vessel that they carry with them. The wick has been associated with the word, the gospel, which I see as partly correct. The fact that it needs to be tended to, I see more as a reflection of the overall knowledge of what is to be a Christian. What it is to be a Christian. Yes, I repeated that, so that there can be a, a clear understanding. Millions go about saying they are Christian. Most have never read the Bible, nor even entered into a church. They say they are Christian because the civilization they live in has a Christian foundation. This does not make them Christian, nor can they truly claim the title. They can better say they are American, or British, or Filipino, or Aussie for they most likely know more about their birth nation than they do of the true teachings that are found within the Bible. To be truly Christian means you have committed to accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Again, millions do this. However, as is shown in the parable of the ten virgins, this is not enough. To care for the wick from which we are to shine unto the world, we must know how to trim it. This means to know how to remove the charred and ruined parts of the wick, our sins. Something, as is illustrated in the parable, must be done by the wise and the foolish alike, clearly stating that none are truly sin-free. Since we are in a corrupt body and are not promised one that is spotless until we meet Christ in the sky at the time of the rapture. 1 Corinthians 15, 50-58 what I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical body cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies will be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, 
this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sins its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. To get back to the wick, then we must know how much of the wick to extend out of the lamp. Too little, it dies out. Too much, it smokes and chars quickly while giving off poor light and is useless. Part of this understanding of how to trim the wick is knowing the medium with which the wick is made of. This is done through the study of the Bible. Not the reading, but the study. Coming to a true, honest understanding of what is within the full Bible. Not the part that makes you happy, for there is some painful lessons and words within the Bible that many wish to deny are within it, which I have already referenced earlier. But to emphasize, like what is a sin? Like there is a hell, and that there will be eternal punishment. Many think that to being a Christian means you must accept and love all as they are and how they act. Yet there were wars within the Bible that were ordered by God, wars to purge out sin, many times entire countries. This means the killing and death of many. The Bible says those that do not honor the teachings of the Bible are to be cast out of the church. Does this sound like love? Well, in actuality, it is. Proverbs 13.24 He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that love him chastiseth him betimes. That last word means many times when needed. By pouring out nothing but love, those doing it are spoiling those they are giving this love to. So in reality, they are really stating that they hate them, not love them. But why is it hate? God puts us through trials and tribulations. These trials are painful. If all people experience in life is peace and tranquility, they are not content. They seek to have more and more. This can be seen in how the Romans and then the Europeans spread throughout the world seeking to own and control everything. If you didn't do as they say, they attacked and destroyed, like a child having a temper tantrum. But again, why is it hate? Punishment means to suffer, to experience discomfort. If someone does not wish to live in this discomfort, what does a person do? They avoid what causes it. Sin ultimately leads to discomfort. However, it can be an anguish that is not felt here on earth. As a child grows and their parents spank them for doing wrong, the child associates the pain of the spanking with what it is that's wrong. And when they are taught that sin is wrong, they subconsciously sense they will be in pain, especially since the Bible states this. Luke 13, 24-28, Matthew 13, 
37-43 and 24-48-51. It becomes hate when the parent does not instill this subconscious association. If the child does not know pain, they don't care if they sin, which leads to a spiritual death and separation from the ultimate parent, God, for all eternity in pain and torture. Is not hatred for a person desiring for them to suffer, to have pain, and even torture? Add upon that that this suffering lasts for billions upon billions of years? This is hatred. True hatred is spanking them. Someone has just stated with fervor as they listen or read these words that I have just given. I direct this to that person or persons. So which is more important to you? The word of God or your ideals? This is what the Bible says. Luke 10, 25-28 One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answers, You must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. To place God above all, you must place what is in the Bible above your own ideals and place God's ideals above what a human perceives as love. For humans' love is as corrupt as their bodies. God's love is precious and holy and incorruptible. If that love is so perfect, then what is shown within the Bible is just as perfect. If it is written, we must use a rod upon our child out of love, then to do otherwise is to defy the creator of the universe, placing our own desires above he who knows all our sins and all our deeds, which are considered good, thus making ourselves our own God, in turn breaking the first commandment. Enough of the sidetrack, back on the main topic. As was shown in the last sidetrack we just had, that humans have a belief that what they see as good and even seem to be godly, in many cases is just humanity imposing how they believe the gospel should be. This leads to a misteaching of the Bible and God as well as Jesus Christ. What does the Bible say about changing the gospel? Galatians 1, 6-10 I am shocked that you are turned away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. But it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven, who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I am not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. 
If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. When people accept Christ and turn to another teaching that is all good news and denies the bad, they become the foolish of the bridesmaid. They start to neglect their wicks and oil. In my dream, the lamps I saw had no wicks at all. This means they don't know or acknowledge the teachings of Jesus Christ or the Bible. As is shown in the parable, those that do this are left behind. While as shown in the Galatians, they are cursed. We showed last week why they are cursed. They are defiling the Holy Spirit. We must stay true to all the teachings within the Bible, thus placing God above all. This will allow us to possibly be considered amongst the wise. However, this is a person-per-person -person statement. No one can make a blanket statement about who is one way or another. This is something that each person must examine within their own spiritual life. But I will say this, if you refuse to study the Bible and accept what is written within it, well, you can figure that out for yourself. God bless. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light. Up to me to make a name the world remembers. But Jesus is the only name to remember. And